What's going on? Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of So How'd You Get Here? I'm Angelo. I'm Tony. And if uh, you're just tuning in today uh, for the first time, we are a podcast that deals with backstories. We like to dive into how people got where they are. Uh, did they get there? And if they did, what did it take to do that? Um, today, we have a guest. Um, he has gone from chiropractor to stunt coordinator, which kind of just says enough on its own. Yeah. <laughs> He's a CEO of T-Minus Productions. He's worked on multiple TV shows, commercials. I'm sure he's lit himself on fire at some point. Music gone videos. Music videos. Uh, I'm sure he's gone through a plate glass window, <laughs> windows, plural. Um, anyway, I would like to welcome to the show today, Mr. TJ White. How you doing, sir? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you Appreciate for you coming, um, by, buddy. coming by. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you. Uh, I... Stunt coordinator from chiropractor. chiropractor. I mean, that's everybody's story. That's yeah. a, a crazy thing. So I grew up in the in around the business my whole life. My dad's a stunt coordinator, second director. Uh, he he's won like four Emmys for like Days of Our Lives and Young and the Restless. Oh wow! And he's I think he's coordinated Young and the Restless for like twenty some years. So when those bar fights break out, or, or they always they're scratching someone or throwing someone down the stairs. That's like the way they kill people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show to work on too. They're really, they're a great uh, great family there. But uh, I grew up in the business. My dad also stunt coordinated Revenge of the Nerds and Stripes and stuff like that. So oh wow! I, oh, and he doubled uh, David Hasselhoff on Knight Rider. So <laughs> I grew up on the sets of those movies and sort of saw what they're doing. So wow. Yeah. So uh, what what do you remember as an as a memory your first movie set? Um. I remember, I'll tell you how I got my name because that's sort of a, a memory. I think I was like 10 or 11 years old. My dad left Knight Rider to go do another movie, an Ivan Wright movie, a 3D movie. I can't remember, maybe a Space Hunters or something. And so he got replaced as his, his David Double. So uh, we were at uh, Bank of America right next to Universal Studios. Yeah. And he goes, hey, let's go. That's when you could walk on Universal Studios back lot. So he goes, hey, let's see if there's anyone on the back lot. I'm like, okay, I'm like 10 or 11 years old. I, I walk into uh, the lot, and then he's like, oh, Knight Rider's filming. And I'm like, oh, awesome. I get, get to see Kit. You know, that's yeah, all yeah. I cared about. Maybe, maybe a house off. So he walks up. He, uh, we talked to David Hasloff, and uh, uh, he's like, hey, by the way, you know, John Candy's on the other stage doing um, uh, Brewster's Millions. And I love that movie. It's a great movie, right? Oh, yeah. So good. And so uh, my dad's like, oh, I'm going to go stop by and see him. So my dad walks up to his trailer. Not Your dad on, had a personal relationship with him? Well, my dad did Stripes and, uh, with John. Got it. And uh, he's got a whole story working with John because he became friends on that show because, you know, he casted. Matter of fact, he casted um, John Gibb, Ogre, from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, yeah. Right. Was right. my dad's friend on... Um, he was like a neighbor or something, and then he got him as he was a referee in the mud, uh, the mud pit fight with John Candy on stripes. So he um, he uh, became friends with him, but you know some of the girls were a little rough with John on the stripe set, so he got a little irritated. Uh, rough, they were, rough, they, rough. They were how? naked. They were li like he told him not to do things. He had you know injuries in his knees and stuff like that, ah. so he got a little little testy sometimes. So uh, you know my dad was trying to protect him as an actor, and so they became good friends, and uh, we were. Um, and, and back in the Universal's lot where uh, he comes out and I'm looking up to him. And for me, I was like a tiny kid, um, but I had like, I'm all about my hair. 
I can't tell because I have a hat on. But <laughs> Which is why you're wearing a hat. <laughs> so, so I would put like gel on my hair and make sure it looked good and oh, stuff L- like that. Oh, L.A. looks? Totally. Yeah. You couldn't use a little. You had to use like oh, a man. whole It's like, so remember handful. the tub? The tub yes. of gel and it's like tub. different and color. You had, yeah, your your hair looked like a helmet. And, <laughs> and then someone would inevitably always come up and poke one little part of it. And then you had to start all over again. So. Hold on one second. Oh, yeah. My, uh, oh, do we have pictures? No. <laughs> the phone's going off. Oh, dang Sorry it. About I that. Sorry so about that. got excited. I thought you were actually going <laughs> to pull up some pictures. I was excited. I, I bet I have them. Send so, them to me. We'll, we'll put them in, we'll put them in. <laughs> in the video. <laughs> so John comes out of the trailer, and he's sitting in there with, like, I look in the door, and it's like, oh, I forget her name. A real famous black uh, model. Um, Iman? It was Iman. Iman's sitting there, and another guy, the DJ from um, WKRP in Cincinnati. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, like more actors and stuff like that. Yeah. They're just bullshitting in there. And John comes out, and he's like, oh, Terry James, because my dad's name is Terry James, and I go by TJ White. So uh, now, so then he uh, he's hit me, like John looks down at me, and he's like rubbing my head, <laughs> messing my hair up. And I'm like, what the hell is this guy messing my hair up? Like, I'm like, okay, you know, stop it, stop it. And uh, it was cool to meet him, but then he's like, uh, he kept, when he was rubbing my head, he's called call me Big T, TJ, you know, like Little Terry, you know, like that. And I'm like going, who's that? And I go, I'm Terry, like I'm Terry Jr. or whatever. Right. And so flash forward to like, I was like 16, 17, 17 years old, and I met with my first agent, uh, Lynn Baldwin, who's my dad's commercial agent. And I talked to him. And we we're talking about my name, like, let's do a creative name. I'm like, well, I'm Terry White, like what it is. Right. Like, my real name's Terrence, actually. And I said, What do you want to name me? Like, and she and I said, you know what? It's <laughs> funny is I go, I met John Candy when I was like 10 or 11 years old, and he called me TJ. And she goes, No one ever called you that before. She goes, and I go, No. She goes, Well, your name's TJ White now. And I go, Why do you say that? She goes, I discovered John Candy in Canada. And I go, okay, ah. so my name's John Can- uh, John Candy named me TJ. There you go. So I've li- it's literally stuck with me since I've been, you know, 15, 16 years old. And now we have you here, TJ White. Yes, 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 yes. I think you should have gone with John Candy Jr. I know. I wish. I wish. Oh, it's man. Fine. What a White loss. Works. What, you know, it's He's like a strong second option. I like that. <laughs> I like so, that. How, so how does going, knowing all these people, growing up in the business, you graduate high school. Yes. And then you go to chiropractor school. You, you don't want to go to film school. Well, what happened is, so I saw the ups and downs of the business. I yep. mean, I saw my dad's working on these great projects. Then he doesn't work for three months. And. I was like, I need a backup plan. So actually, I grew up in Ohio. So I moved out here when I was 18 and moved in with my dad. And I was going to like, like junior college, College of Canyons. And I was like, maybe I want to do something in business or hotel management or right. something like that. And then a family friend uh, was working for a chiropractor, Dr. Bruce Oppenheim, who was married to a simple shepherd at, at the time. And uh, he's a famous chiropractor in Tuluk Lake. And I go down there and work for him. And I thought it was pretty easy. I'm like, I could be a chiropractor. This is like easy. And uh, I saw he was, he was really successful. He was like the chiropractor of the stars. And I go, I think I'm just going to do that. So at that time, my cousin has actually become a chiropractor too. And so I went to Life University in Atlanta, Georgia, in Marietta, Georgia, actually. And I didn't realize how hard it was. Like, I had no clue it was basically med school. Yeah. Yeah. And so I graduated. I mean, one, one wrong thing, you can probably paralyze somebody. Oh, I'm telling yeah. you. Like, I mean, the stuff we're learning in school, you're like, you're not going to see a glioblastoma and this and that. And, like, I'm seeing that in my practice, like yeah. a primary brain tumor. Like, it's crazy the stuff that you learn in your life. They're, like, telling you school, you're like, yeah, you'll never see it. But in my practice in Encino, I saw it. All <laughs> the time. It's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. So you did that from when? What, what, what's the time frame? That's I, a s- six-year degree, four-year degree? Uh, totally. If you have your, your um, 
your undergrad, it's eight years. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. straight so up. It's like, you know, your undergrad and then go right in there. And I took yeah. accelerated, like, pre-med stuff, like, you know, your organic chemistries, your chemistries, your, you know, physics and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Just because I just wanted to get out because I'm like, okay, I graduate as fast as I can, and then I'm going to make a zillion dollars. Well, it didn't work that way. Right. Like, <laughs> it takes a long time to build your practice. So, was this from, like, you said, like, was it, you didn't say, but I was reading up on you. Was mm-hmm. it, like, 90, late 90s to... Early I 2000s? graduated December 97 and I sold my practice in 06 and then I went to private practice where I just saw my celebrity clients and high net worth individuals. I went to their houses for two years and then at that time I actually I watched a documentary about like 0506. I think that's when it came out. Uh, the kid that stays in the picture about Bob Evans. Oh, yeah. the kid stays yeah. in the picture. We love it. Yeah. I amazing. love that. So I saw that documentary and it really changed my life. I was like, because while I'm as a, a chiropractor, I was still stunt coordinating you know, huge music videos. I was doing like NSYNC music videos and Bon Jovi and, you know, stuff like that. So I was like, I was ba- based on it. your dad's name. Like, how did you just, you just knew how to do it? Well, I think I learned, I learned going in. Well, now I'm going to go back to it. So how I actually got into stunts was I was 18. I was skiing in Utah. My dad was doing a movie with, uh, remember Hill Street Blues? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, the director. That's okay. Charles Hall? Charles Haig. Haig, Haig, sorry. Yeah, so my dad was directing, or uh, he was stunt coordinating and directing second unit on a Charles Haig movie of the week called In Line of Duty. Um, And I went there to go ski, and I'm like, I'm going to go have fun. I was like 18 years old. And uh, he did the, uh, he was doing the show, and then he goes, hey, you grew up in Ohio. You know how to cross-country ski. Can you teach these actors how to cross-country ski? I'm like, yeah, no problem. It was easy. So, I told, I showed Charles' brother how to ski, and I skied, and then they said, uh, when it happened, when we were getting ready to shoot it, all of them chicked out. They're like, no, we don't want to do it now. I'm like, well, I just spent like a couple days training how to ski. So the unit pressure manager was a friend of my dad's. He goes, let's just TJ do it. We'll get him a SAG card, and uh, he could do it. It's really easy. He's going to ski around the house, make it look like we're FBI agents. I was 18 years old playing an FBI agent, you know? So Standard I'm job for an 18-year-old. So, totally, totally. He, working with Do you have a flamethrower yeah. as well? Because <laughs> that's what all FBI agents carry in the Alps. <laughs> I think I had a I had machine gun or something. <laughs> okay, okay. See, I wasn't too far off. Yeah. It sounds like Die Hard 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was a movie of the week. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, continue. Sorry. Well, the funny thing was, is I'm scared to death. I don't want to disappoint anyone. And what happened is the snow was melting. So it was really icy. So it's not the proper way to like cross country ski. Where there's this little hill where they wanted to see me just uh, go down the hill. So I'm on my little skate or my skis and I make it like halfway down the hill and I wipe out. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, dad, I'm sorry, man. I'm like, and they're sort of like giggling. So they make me do it again and I wipe out even bigger. And I go, I'm so sorry. I go, these, these skis aren't good for Rihanna and Ice. And they just thought it was funny. They're like, well, the second time we just did it because we thought it was funny. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I was like, my first job, I'm getting fired. They're like, you know. So. No, just, just a couple more takes for our, <laughs> our blooper reel. Like, in the line of duty is now a comedy. It's a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. But that was my introduction. That's how I got my SAG card. SAG card and your first My stunt. first stunt. Yeah, your first stunt, stunt. which you fell. Did you know people in the business that would be like, hey, I'm going to hire you to do an in-sync video. Like, how do you get that job? Well, how, how it really happened was I, my agent, Lynn Baldwin, put me in for a uh, Mark Anthony Tina Arena music video for the Mask of Zorro to play, like, the, the kid that rides the horse and stuff like that. Got right? it. And they're like, they're like, it's between you and this other guy. And I'm like, 
cool. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, I'm not Spanish. I'm Italian, you know? And they're like, they called, the Asian called me. She goes, hey, you didn't get it. They didn't think you looked Spanish enough. I'm like, oh, that's okay. I'm, I'm Italian. You're so like, I'm it's like, Spanish, whatever, yeah. you know? And so then the day the shoot happens, the producer calls me and goes, hey, I see that you're in Toluca Lake. And that's what was my P.O. box. He goes, can you come down to Universal right now? I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I went down to Universal with the director, Nigel Dick, who I've worked with over the years. And uh, they're like, the model, the model can't ride the horse. <laughs> and I go, I thought that's what you interviewed people with that could ride horses. And they're like, yeah, he can't ride the horse at all. And this kid was like five, six. Good looking guy from Miami. He's Spanish. the face. He's yeah, the totally yeah, like yeah, yeah. stud, you know? Yep. Face, and, talent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, uh, I got on the horse and the Wrangler was there and she's like, well, let's see if this kid could actually ride the horse. So I get around the horse. I'm like, well, what do you want to see it do? So I'm riding the horse in Universal's back lot. And they're like, yeah, great. You're hired. So as I'm talking to the producer, his name's Dave Robertson. Uh, he goes, you're really good. He goes, do you do a lot of stunts? I'm like, yeah. And then he goes, well, I got this music video coming up. Do you want to stunt coordinate it? Because I have happens. a bunch of young kids. And that's yeah. basically the introduction I did. Good work produces more good work. Yeah. It is, exactly. And I, I've been with Dave Robertson ever since. He started my stunt, stunt coordinating career. And, uh, you know, I've done a ton of videos with him and commercials. I've been doing the last five years of shit. How does, if I, I don't know if there's a way to quantify this. How does having the chiropractic knowledge degree, that whole background influence or affect your stunt, your stunt work? <laughs> or, do they, or do they not really go together Well, it's funny is... I know I tried it through the medical uh, profession that I've been working in for so long. Mm -hmm. I know what's going to elicit um, injuries. So in biomechanics, so I'll change certain stunt scenes. So it's less likely for an injury, especially with the actors, because when I was practicing, you know, some, most of the injuries that I was treating my actors were from them trying to do their own stunts. Ah. So I would tell them like, why are you doing this? You're, you know, you're yeah. huge. I can't say people's names, right, but like, course, yeah. you know, you're, you're a huge actor, you're a huge actress, like, and they're, they're complaining about injuries that they did like two, three, five years before of something on a set. I'm like, get your stunt double, do it. I go, me personally, if I was, a, if I was an actor, I'd be in my trailer having my martinis and let my stunt person do it because that's what they're trained for. You know, these stunt performers are, are athletes. So yeah. they train 20 years for that one day of job, you know, so. Wow. Yeah. So you're doing stunt coordinating as far as music videos. You're still doing your chiropractic practice. And then you watch the documentary. Oh. And it flipped. Like I a light switch goes off. You're like, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, what happened is I was seeing that I was like, I, I spent more time fighting insurance companies to get paid for my patients and stuff like that. And I was fighting patients for like $36 or right. insurance companies for $36. I was like, I'm done with it. So I, I loved my patients. I loved treating them. I did some remarkable things with them. Um, and I, what I liked about it is I feel facilitated them through the right way of medical care between the medical doctors, acupuncturists, massage, nutritionists. So I really helped them out through that, the life coaches. So um, when I saw it, it was just like a light went out. I remember I was in Encino in a small little theater, and I'm like, Bob Evans, man. And I never got to meet him. I, that's what it's so disappointing is like yeah. I really wanted to meet him and say, hey, you changed my life. Um, Bob Evans just like create something that I've never seen before of just from script to screen. And I felt like he really passionately loved the storytelling. And I was like, man, I'd love to do that more and not a bigger level. Yeah. And, um, I was like, man, how do I do it? So like I 
started optioning scripts and then I started developing scripts and working with writers and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I want to do this full time. And I was actually married at the time. And my wife thought I was fucking nuts. Well, my ex-wife, <laughs> uh, she's like, you're going to sell your successful practice and you're going to stay in the film industry and the stunts. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to. So I just said, screw it. I'm going to do it. And then I started getting more stunt jobs. So then I just balanced stunt jobs with like developing scripts. Um, we, uh, I produced a couple projects, films and television, and um, just continue to do it. And Were you still seeing people on the side? I did for as two as years as my home like, visits. Yeah. I mean, I will still, like, I get called by, like, studios when they there's a problem. Like, usually, like, the actor is not able to shoot mm -hmm. or things like that. Like, I got a sort of funny story. Um, I was I worked on 8 Mile, and I doubled Michael Shannon. and. Oh. I was, it was such an awesome experience to see um, Marshall Mathers write the, write the album because we didn't know what he was doing. Like every, between every shot that uh, we would shoot with him, he would literally go out, he'd put his headset on and then he'd be writing on his notebook. And it was like, there's scribbles everywhere on the notebook. But until I saw the, the screening, I didn't see what, it, what he right. was actually doing. I'm there and I was just supposed to work for like a week or two on the movie and then go back and you know, go back to chiropractic and uh, Brit the, the late Brittany Murphy um, hurt her neck on set. And uh, she comes in, they're, they're like, well, TJ, the stunt guy is a chiropractor. Maybe he could help you. And uh, she's looking at me screaming at me. She goes, chiropractor, I need a real doctor. She's screaming at me. And I go, I think I could help you. So I got, actually was able to treat her and got her through the day, uh, through the shoot. But we, we became good friends. I treated her for years. And uh, uh, you know, every, every uh, premiere she would invite me to. Matter of fact, I went to the premiere of eight mile, which was really fun amazing, because yeah. it's like the beginning of our relationship as, uh, as our chiropractor, I was able to sit next to right. her while she's watching this movie. And uh, it was such a Who great movie. do you go to when something's out? Um, I have a couple. <laughs> okay. So you trust. don't, you don't self treat. You do. No, no, no. Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. You don't use a chair. And yeah. <laughs> run um, into a wall and be like, Oh, I'm better now. My one of my good friends that I grew up with back in Ohio, I actually made him go to chiropractic school, Dr. Dan Russell, but he's in Northern California. But if he's in town, he treats me all the time. My cousin, Dr. Tom Duncan, he's in Charlotte. He actually just recently retired. He treats me. I'm actually going to get it adjusted by him Wednesday because I'm going to be in North Carolina nice. Wednesday. And then Dr. Greg, um, I always mess up his last name, but he's in Encino. Uh, no, sorry. He's in Studio City on Ventura Boulevard at uh, the Hellspot. That's who treats me. Got it. Awesome. So you're, you're on sets like Eight Mile. You're on sets growing up with your dad. And then I read an, a thing about you were on Darkman in 1990. Like, oh, yeah. Wait, with Liam Neeson, Darkman? Like, yeah, following yeah. Sam Raimi around like with like a VHS camera. And then ironically enough, everywhere you were putting your camera, Sam would do the next shot. Is that true? That was a cool story. Um, where did you find that out? I think it's so on this your, guy should have been an FBI I think it's on your IMDb really? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, I was like 16 years old, and I spent my summer on the set of Darkman. My dad was double Liam Neeson as Darkman yeah. on the movie, and he hung from the helicopter going down, uh, getting hung, uh, hung by the helicopter flying downtown L.A. and stuff like that. It was funny as his wife, he, she, didn't, she didn't even know what he was doing, and she saw the news of uh, some guy flying, hanging from a helicopter, and he gets home at, that night, and she's like, there's this guy hanging from the helicopter. <laughs> she goes, well, that was me. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, she was really pissed off. Yeah, I was like, well, there's a fight about yeah. to happen. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I spent the summer with him. What was so interesting about Sam Raimi was what it, like, he would dress really sharp, like wear a, a jacket and tie, and I thought that was interesting because I've been around so many directors 
even at a young age of 16. So I was, I was really like to watch it. And actually the DP Bill Pope was really interesting to watch him, um, set up shots and lighting sequences and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But when I was on set, they were doing stunt scenes and I would bring my dad, my brother, my dad's, uh, uh, Sony Hanicam, and I would actually shoot the action scene just because I thought it was cool. and Just for you to watch on playback because you thought so it was cool. Okay. I thought it was cool, yeah. and I was like, I put in different, and they would let me stand in certain spots and get a little close to the action. There's cars, you know, jumping through a warehouse right. and, you know, containers and shit. And uh, uh, we, that was before we had uh, video playback. So uh, Sam goes, hey, can I see that? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no problem. So I'm showing him it, and... Then he goes, well, where were you in this shot? And I'm like, oh, I was up, up there on that. There was a, like a little stairway, and I saw a light up there, so I wanted to go do that. And he's like, okay, cool. Then I see him put a camera there, so I thought it was pretty cool. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm 16 years old, yeah, and he put like, a camera where I was doing it. So You're like, I'm directing Darkman. What's interesting <laughs> is, which I probably should have listened to him back then, is you know, he's one of those talented, talented directors, but he would have lunch with us. Like He would sit down with my dad and me and um, the stunt coordinator, um, Chris Doyle, and he would um, he would talk to me. I'm like thinking like how valuable that information of like as someone like Sam Raimi. Were you self aware of that though? Then? Yeah, I was shocked oh, because okay. I'm like you know because I was scared of like uh, Liam Neeson. He was such a serious actor, and how, I would sit. How tall is he by the way? He's a pretty big guy. Right? Six three. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because he's a really intimidating actor, I love. I'm a big fan of his work too. But uh, Sam would sit me sit me down. And he told me he goes, you know, you got a really good eye. You should go to film school. And I'm me. I'm like on. I need to be a doctor, a lawyer, or something specific. And I should have listened to him to go into film school because it would have saved me, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. of, of education and stress in, in school. But, um, but do you, can I, uh, I want to push back on, on that for one. Yeah. Do you think film school, you're on set doing it. Isn't that the real film school versus just I sat in a classroom and learned about lenses and some lighting? Absolutely. I mean, I got the best film school as a kid. Yeah. Being on set with my dad and, and watching directors. I'm not I mean, slamming film school. I went to film school too. No, no, but no. no. I, I think I feel it's like definitely needed. Is a real thing. Yeah. I mean, film school is excellent, you know, and I've actually speaked at, you know, uh, UCLA film school and stuff like that and some of the other film schools in New York and Institute and all those right, guys. Right. But I think those are great. I mean, it's a great intro, but, you know, my film school is actually being on set yeah. and listening to people and, it was easier when I was younger because I'd ask them a zillion questions and you could get away with it with it. Like when I'm 20, 30, maybe 40, they're not going to give you that much leeway. But right. as a kid, you know, they would sit down and tell me like, you know, this is what we did. You know, this is why we're doing this. And, and I just took it to heart and, you know, working with so many amazing DPs, directors over the years, you know, um, I do a lot of commercials. So, right. And commercials, you'll you'll work with some of the biggest DPs in the business, like Paul Cameron, who did Tony or Scott's movies and stuff like that. And you just watch them and listen to them, and and you know, you're just getting all this information. You're like, why would you do that? And sometimes they're like, you know, you being an asshole. I'm like, actually, I just want to learn. You know, I may not agree right. with why you're doing it, but I want to know because you have, you know, way more experience than me yeah, in yeah. this particular situation. So, would you consider your dad and? Sam Raimi more of like your mentors, like those kind of people. And then besides Bob Evans, who you never met. <sighs> yeah. I mean, obviously my dad's my mentor, yeah. you know, seeing the ups and downs of the business and seeing his, his success. He's finally like semi-retired living do, in Texas. Do you hire home. your father? I do. Actually, <laughs> you want to hear something funny? Yeah. That's he why works, we're here. We want to hear all the funny. He works more for me than I've ever worked for him. <laughs> so, you know, I give him jobs constantly. Yeah. He covers me on jobs. My company, T-Minus Productions, and I have another company, T-Minus Stunt Rigging. Um, 
we, you know, do wire work and flying and stuff like that. So if I'm not available, him or someone from my team will cover the jobs because, you know, there's only so many jobs I could do at the same time. I mean, there's very few that make a living at it right. regularly. I mean, and then you get an injury, you could be out right. for the rest of your career. Right. And, it, and it, it happens a lot. And that's what I saw in my practice. Like, you know, this stunt business is the only probably uh, besides maybe maybe football or something like that. But stunt business is the only career that is 100 uh, percent fact that you will get injured. Right. So there's no way you're not going to get injured. Right. Doing stunts. If you can't, is there a typical injury you see over and over and over, or is it just everything's different depending on the the people you used to treat or still treat? The injury is totally different because okay. uh, because the stunts are getting more and more advanced. So it was sprain strains, and then it turns into ligament tears or tendon tears and stuff like that, like ACL replacements, uh, knee reconstruction, uh, hip replacements, like things like that are like the norm in, in a, an office. What's funny is like I had so many injuries and so many patients I had to send to, you know, orthopedic surgeons, stuff like that. They're like, who, who's Dr. White? Like, why is he getting all these surgeries and stuff like that? And I'm like, I knew the extent of when we would send him to surgery mm -hmm. versus what we could do through chiropractic and physical therapy and strength training and Pilates and yoga and stuff like that. Right. So there's definitely a fine line of when you actually go to surgery, but right. some of them, I mean, it would be nice if it was a clear fracture, but those aren't the injuries we normally get. It's, it's the separation of joints, yeah. uh, you know, torn ligaments, things like that, that take forever to heal. Well, right. I was very lucky. I tore my Achilles. Oh. Now, yeah, that's right. Now F five, football, five right? years ago. And I was fortunate to go to a doctor, the head of foot and ankle at UCLA. Mm -hmm. And he recommended not having surgery. And yeah, he's he like, listen, your he's toe, like, listen right? I can cut you open today yeah, yeah. if you want me to. He's like, but you're young, you're healthy, your body's going to heal. He's like, listen, if you're a professional athlete and you need to get back on the court, I get it. Yeah, he's yeah. like, but do this, do this, do this. And trust me, and I did, and I feel great. That's a terrible injury. Uh, wrists, ankles, and shoulders are the worst to try to rehab. Yeah, basically had me down almost like a ballerina for like six weeks, and he's like, your Achilles is going to reattach. He's like, your body's in. I also was lucky my Achilles snapped, and it didn't go all the way up to my calf. Okay. Where you would have to go in and surgically pull it back pull down, it down and yeah. re-suture it. I didn't have that. It just snapped, and it was like right there. Yeah, so, so he just I let was, it heal. He just let it heal. It was just a longer process, like four months. Then you had to stretch it. Stretch and then you it. Rehabilitation. 100%. And yeah. Ultrasound. Yep. Break so from injury to back to normal, what is that, a year? Yeah. 18 months? That's why I felt like 100% like, like run around again. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not playing flag football anymore, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I learned my lesson. It just means you're getting old. <laughs> yeah. And you, you old, think you're an athlete. Old you're, sucks. you're not an athlete. <laughs> um, so being on set as a child, young adult, now you're doing stunt coordinating, you're doing music videos. Are you starting to get the bug? Like, I think I can start directing some of these things. Yes. That's like the, the next level what's going on. And that's what's going on right now in my career is, you know, some of the stunt coordinators that turned uh, director, Scotty Wall, who did uh, Need for Speed, um, Jack, or um, Chad Stanowski and uh, David Leach that did uh, John Wick. And then David's mm -hmm. doing some amazing stuff with like uh, Deadpool and, uh, Hobbs and Shaw and stuff like that. So it's really right. opened the door where before they, we'd go into meetings, they're like, yeah, you can't direct actors. And we're like, we talk to direct actors all the time. We know how to communicate with them and stuff like that. So now with the meetings I've been going to, they're like, you know, we want you to direct us. Um, who is your second unit director then? And like, it's, it's ah. different. So they want us on the first unit. And we're like, we have the team. My company does um, sa the same thing basically that 8711 does where 
um, they des we're action designers. So we design the action. We look at the script. Uh, now we're writing the script. But, you know. Uh, so this is action. all T-minus productions. It's kind of what you guys encompass. Yes. Yes. Design the action, uh, pre-vis, stunt-vis. You know, so we actually shoot it before we actually get to set. You know, we design the action, if a fight scene or car scene or whatever, and then we actually just shoot it. That's amazing. Yeah. So when you're going from, actually, I guess my question is we're going to go back a little bit. Stunt coordinating stunt people and stunt coordinating actors, like you said earlier, like say you're on a set and you got Tom Cruise. He's doing all of his own stunts. How do you, I don't know, direct them? Because they think they can do it all. Yeah. I and mean, you're like, listen, I think you should probably have someone else do this. That is the, the conversation with actors. They all think that they could do their own stunts. Right. And, you know, even, you know, Tom Cruise, he does a lot of his own stunts. But before he even does that, the stunt team s dials everything in before he can even do it. And a lot of times on other movies, you're not able to do that. And, you know, if Tom Cruise gets hurt, the movie's shut down. Same with an actor. That's what I really tell the actors. Like, right. you get hurt, you get punched by another actor, another stunt person, they break your nose we're shut down until you get reconstructive Heal. surgery, yeah, you know? Right. So that's the bigger thing that, that we run across with actors. But, you know, I personally like working with actors where I could train them for fight scenes and stuff like that. And so we could shoot them more face on and stuff like that mm -hmm. and just go in and do a master with the stunt people and really dial in the action. Because, you know, an actor that's, you know, a trained fighter is not, a, not to that level so a stunt performer that's been training for 20 years. I mean, these stunt performers train three, four times a week, and, you know, a couple hours a day. Right. Like, like you train jiu-jitsu. Like, these guys I got are, a brace on my knee right now. Yeah, <laughs> these guys are maniacs. Like, yeah, they are, are athletes. And, you know, you just can't compete with that. Like, that's me trying to do my own stunts. Like, yeah, I could have done it when I was 20, but, you know, in my late 40s, I can't do it like I, what I of used course. to do. Of course. And I don't want to hurt myself, you know. But you can direct the sequence, and you yeah. know... You can you have the eye yeah. to see how it's going to play out. Yeah. What uh what kind of things are you um working on now? Well, I just finished a uh, a music video for Tyler the Creator. Okay. Um, I just finished one for Fast and Furious Five. Oh, no, no, nine. Fast and Furious Nine. 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 There are nine now. Uh, nine for uh, a video called Fast Lane, and then um, I'm just uh, I'm waiting for the next job. Like I just got called for a movie to do in January, and I'm developing a film right now, so I'm really Very focused cool. on that. Can you break down for the audience kind of what a say the title of the creator video from start to finish? Are you getting like they come to you, the producers, they come to you with like the concept and like, hey, can you do this? Can you not do this? Yeah. Like, how's it kind of go? Well, music videos change over the years. I mean, when I was doing the InSync videos, Katy Perry videos, stuff like that, like we had a couple million dollars to do these videos. Ah. So now, the, you know, a big budget is like 350000 So they're not able to do the big action that we were doing, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But you will still have one of those videos, like a pink video or someone that, at that level that they still are spending a million dollars on it. Right. Um, what I get is usually the director sends me the concept with the producers and they have an idea, a, a rough idea of what it is. And then they say, is this possible or is this CG or, you know, yeah. what can we do in... And then we talk about the budget and we're like, hey, are we shooting this thing in one day or two days? Like, do we have three days shoot? So it just, it's one of those things that you have to really like work out because it's not like a feature film. Like when right. I do a feature film, I have weeks to prep, weeks to train, uh, uh, dial in the wire gag or something like that. Music videos, I have like a day or two. So I'm like, listen, we're not, we're not in a hundred million dollar movie. Um, so since we are an origin story podcast, so stunt performers and coordinators, you guys are in from the beginning pre-production 
pre-production on anything. Yes, yes. They once it, the, once the the project is financed and stuff like that, and the producers they come in and hire us. We read the script. We do, we break down the budget, and we start working with the director and production team um, of how to actually shoot it and um, how to design the action scene. It's so. funny because we had on the special effects horror movie guys, and they're sometimes they're telling us that they don't even get like the whole script. They just get like the part of their that they're gonna do. Is it different in stunt coordinating? Well, it depends on what type of project it is because sometimes it is. We do get that like. Like you they know, don't want to release the whole script. Yeah, because so they think precious. you're still it, or yeah, you know, right. especially like you know the Marvel stuff and stuff like that. But you know, I haven't done any Marvel work, but my friends have, and they definitely piecemeal the scenes, mm -hmm. so you don't even know the story element sometimes, like why things are doing. And we we like to get with the director and in the, in the writers and stuff like that, and like really make sure the action makes sense because there's no sense of just making dynamic action that makes no fucking sense for right. the, for the movie or the project. Right. Right. So I'm not really into doing. It's like, stuff oh, we like need that. a big explosion here. It's like, wh why? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> it'll look cool. Eh, eh, the guy's walking away from the grocery store. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, but the way that milk felt. <laughs> yeah, the, and the guy felt. flying thirty feet yeah. through there, like chips are not on sale. <laughs> I'm blowing the whole place up. Um, can I ask? Uh, probably, a, you hit this question all the time, but um, is there a favorite or least favorite stunt or type of work you like to do and it could be either one um i like car work uh i did a couple months ago i did a kid cuddy music video and Ooh. it was really fucking cool um the director uh nabil called me and i did his last movie that just was released like last week called uh, gully and he goes i got this idea and i want to do i want to crash some cars so i go well let's but let's like let's break that down to see what we could do. So I went and started researching a bunch of car wrecks and stuff of like that. And I gave him a couple of ideas. I go, he go, I go, how many cars do you want to wreck? He goes, three. It's got to be two cop cars and an ambulance. And Kid Cuddy's in the back of the ambulance. I'm like, great. And so I thought of this idea. So I go, what if we flip the the ambulance coming down the road? It's coming down our freeway, and we shot it in Long Beach. And we did a sidewinder, so we actually hit a parked car, flipped it over, landed outside, slid through the road. And then I go, what if we have the first cop car hit it and then bounce it and go end over end over the car? Cause, and I showed him, like, what that would look like with uh, uh, it's basically a special effects makes an air, uh, air cannon in it. And I go, and the other car would come back to the side of it and uh, do a, a cannon but roll through it and then hit the ambulance. Mm -hmm. He goes, I'm in. And then he fought for the money for it. I go, because it's a very expensive, it's a $100,000 shot. Yeah. And uh, he fought for it, and he got me the money to do it. And I, um, I begged and pleaded. And it was hard because of COVID to get the special effects teams to be able to put the roll cages in, in the car. So it was like, we're supposed to do it this day, and then we had to wait a week because of COVID and stuff like that. But we were able to do it, and uh, I love that stuff. I love that type of action. Um, and when you wreck those kind of cars, are they, are they gutted? Do they have smaller gas tanks? Like, well, can you walk us through? Yeah. Um, I know that's beyond probably... That's anything I know, but no. how do you strip down a car, make it safe, deal with gas that can explode or electrical issues? Like what would what would you do in your mind as you broke down as you break down that shot to make it for work instance, from start so to finish? The cars are there a week or two before. They strip everything out of the inside of the car besides the steering wheel. They take the seats out. They take uh, the radio, everything, the, everything out of the dash. And the purpose for that is what? Safety. So you don't want anything to break loose and hit the driver Copy. when we're flipping it. So they take it all. And not only that, then they put the roll cage in. 
So mm-hmm. we put a full NASCAR roll cage in there to protect the driver while we're doing it. And what's interesting is because we're doing hand, uh, sorry, not uh, hand, uh, air cannons in there. And can you tell us what that is too? The air cannon is actually an apparatus that has, they put so many pounds of pressure of air and it shoves a, a metal beam that goes down to the ground Which and pushes flips the car up. Which they did uh, on Dark Knight, right? The yes. semi that flips Sem- up and thing. over. Right. That, was, right. that was a really big one. Versus yeah. a pipe ramp, which is? Is the actual ramp at a certain angle, which we actually used on that Kid Cudi, that they, the car actually hits it to, to move it to, it. to flip over. Because um, cars don't naturally really just flip like they do in movies, correct? No, no. That, that takes some Remember work. chips? I mean, yeah. it's like ridiculous. Like, you see the, the accident happening. Like, it comes up, there's like six <laughs> cars on the freeway, and you see Ponch and them go into like, Yes, yes. Uh, so continue. Uh, you get the, car, the cars early. You strip them down. Strip them down. They put the roll cage in. Um, they pull the gas tank out. Um, sometimes they have to do some, certain things to the engine to make sure that the uh, the car's running correctly. We actually put a braking system in the car, especially if they slide it, um, just sort of like uh, drifters, like the e-brake, like a custom mm-hmm. e-brake in right, there. Right. Um, and then we put a fuel cell just like in NASCAR, like a, a fuel cell to only allow like three to five gallons of, of fuel in the car at a time. In case it does hit, it there's does not ignite. anything to, there's no fuel to really yeah. burn. Ignite it, yeah. And then the drivers are, you know, they're wearing a full fuel, uh, full fire suit, um, helmet. Um, they have a Hans device to protect their neck. Um, yeah, so it's 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 been a lot safer than, you know. I remember going to sets like in the seventies and eighties. These stunt guys were nuts because they were really changing the way we're making action scenes. So they would do a grab strap. So sometimes they didn't even put a cage in the car when they flipped the cars, and there was a strap on the seat. So they would actually just they would drive to the pipe ramp. And then once it started flipping, they would hug the hug the seat and hug themselves down. Come on. To the ground. Yeah. And then it would flip over and then they would just crawl out of the car. And sometimes they had a hard time crawling out of the car, like because there's crushed. Like there's no cage in it. So these guys, like, they're the real heroes of stuff yeah. business of, Dang. of that stuff. When your father comes on your sets, is he like, this is paradise compared oh, yeah. to 1967? I mean, <laughs> just our pads alone are paradise for what those guys used to make yeah. or use. It was ridiculous. He's, like you, guys, he's like, you guys wear helmets? <laughs> <laughs> what's a seatbelt? So then um, can you, uh, uh, just bullet points, like what's yeah. a rough walkthrough of right before the stunt is done on that day? You do... Uh, like a run through, but without the actual stunt at what twenty five percent speed. Yeah. Like what what it, we'll to go get through. camera and everybody online. What we'll do is we'll go through uh, like for instance, uh, I forget the DP on it, but he did Fury and um, yeah, he was the DP on this thing, and he basically is like TJ, like how close can I get the camera? And I'm like, let's do a couple drive throughs. Let's see what the momentum of the car is going to be because I don't know how. I've never pipe ramped a. Brand, it was probably only a couple years old van, but I mean, uh, sorry, ambulance, but they're the box ones. Right. right. So it's a very heavy truck. So I go, I don't know what it's going to do once it goes up, gets up in there. So I don't know how far it's going to slide and stuff like that. So we got the cameras as close as I could that I felt safe with it. But when we when we're setting up the stunt, we actually drive through a couple times and uh, you know, 25%, 35%. And then I'll actually go to speeds. I'm like, okay, let's do 25. Let's do 30. Let's do 40. And I'll have them drive through it. And I usually get feel like, is that too hot, fast or is that too slow? And then, then we go and do it. And um, the driver usually tells me like uh, Jen Caputo was the driver of the van. Uh, amazing stunt woman. And we started, we're going to the speed and we started like, 25%, then we went up to 25 and 35 and 45. And she goes, you know, I think 45 is just too fast. And then I think we settled at 
35 or something like that, 30, 35, because when you're driving through it, you can't really tell, and then you just feel it. She goes, you know, I just, I, I don't think, I think we're going to go right through the car, right through the, through the van. And even at 30, 35, whatever the speed was, she went right through the van. I mean, it was like a uh, can well. opener. And because uh, that's, it, it's such a heavy vehicle. Yeah. Uh, and she flipped it over and landed and amazing and did a great job. What's well, a standard uh, three ton? Four ton? That vehicle? Uh, an ambulance? A standard I bet, ambulance? I bet that is. Because I think it's like uh, the Ford F 450 or something. Yeah. That do you like, only get one chance at that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> well, you have one ambulance. How many ambulances <laughs> do they give you? One. And one cop car. For, or we had two cop cars, but they're the, the heroes. So we only had one time to do it. So that's the thing is with uh, in a music video or something like that, it's not like you have a bunch of cars to wreck. Yeah. It's not like Fast and Furious where you have six of them in there. Yeah. Wow. Right. Wow. So you got it in one shot then? We got it in one shot. That's amazing. Yeah. I think. Wh- Thank did, God did, for the director and DP. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think, what, didn't Speed have like nine buses or something oh, like I that to it. burn through? I believe it. I mean, you have to, though, because when you you're can't, on set, yeah, you gotta take they break takes. down. And, you know, we've been lucky. I've been lucky to have a great transportation department, special effects department that really take care of you. And everyone gets along. And, you know, we're just we're like. Do you work with, it. like, is that kind of the community? Do you guys all work with the same people all the time? No. Um, but there's definitely a circle that everyone yeah. knows who they are. Yeah. And you know the good guys and, and the bad people. And you're like they're not going to do what you need to do on these jobs. And I recommend a lot of like special effects company and transport companies to work with, you know, cause I want the right cars. Like if we are, for instance, we did this thing on the same job. We had to get a, uh, a GT three. So I knew the guy to get the GT three and I Is go, that a Porsche? it's a Porsche. Porsche I mean, yeah. it's a what $180,000 right, car. Right. And, uh, they wanted to drift it. And I'm like, fuck. Uh, like, I got to get a great driver to drift this, and I can't, like, I'm going to have one car, one, you know, I have one day to shoot it. They're going to give me one day to prep it, so I took it over to Willow Springs and shake it out with my stunt driver. I had to find an amazing stunt driver, Jay Lynch, and uh, we tested it out, and he, luckily we had the whole day to see what the car's going to do because we basically are upsetting the car because these cars don't want to do what they want to do on film. Like, they want to have it sideways and stuff like that. And these cars got such amazing computers on it. They are trying they to keep it on the track. They're they? fighting the whole time. And, yeah. and, and Jay's like, oh, we're, we're going to upset the Porsche for a little bit and then see what it does. <laughs> and he, you know, 45 minutes, two hours into it, all of a sudden he's sliding all around the track sideways, you know, at 80, 90 miles an hour. So, and I'm sending it to the, the director, producer, I'm like, we got the car to do what you want to do. But, you know, when they have this idea, we don't know what it's going to do because, you know, then, then we get to the location, and the location was, like, rough, and it wasn't that smooth. Right, so. right. It wasn't a track, no, Willow Springs. <laughs> I don't know if this is a true story or not, but I heard in, like, 94, 95, whenever they shot that first Bad Boys movie, I think I think Michael Bay used his own car, his own yeah. Porsche. Is that true? Uh, is that a rumor? I don't know. I know he had the Ferrari. Okay. So they were going to give him the Ferrari. And did you see the back uh, the outtakes on that? No. So my friend's dad doubled Will on both those movies okay. and drove the Ferrari. And remember the Ferrari had the cars flying off. Yeah, the car. right. Not a scratch on the Ferrari. So if you look at the back, uh, did you see it? You see the in the uh, outtakes, uh, Will and um, who's the actor? Uh, Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Okay. Yeah. Will and Martin Lawrence are in the car and they do a scene and then Martin Lawrence just has to open the door. Well, when he opened the door, he hit a pole. So it dented the brand new, brand new Ferrari, and you see. So uh, the whole stunt was clean. <laughs> <laughs> the whole stunt, you got one scene like that. And Michael Bay, you're like, he's like, 
They've been dry, sun driving it all week, not a scratch on it. And you do that to open the door. But um, Well, we know each other loosely through our other business partner and in our company, Ryan Cheevers. Yes. He hey, worked Ryan. on, well, hey, Ryan, we're going to throw out our time. Yeah, Ryan Cheevers. Love Ryan. Um, he <laughs> was working on Wolf of Wall Street. And so you, I don't know if he's told you the story about that. Which one? Well, they, they have to wreck the, uh, the that white Lamborghini, white Lamborghini, and it had to be white, which yeah, yeah. I think made it even more expensive because there was like several options for red or black. Yeah. Uh, but the white one, which is what he really had in real life, you know, Scorsese's like, no, I want that one. It was a million dollar shot. They were setting up to do the rehearsal, and luckily they rolled on rehearsal because the driver wrecked that car in the rehearsal, and they happened to be rolling. And I think that's what's in the movie. Oh my god! But check with Ryan on that when you get a chance because yeah, we'll that's check. That's, that's, hila- that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, just like that. You million have to million roll. dollar shot. He told me it was just just over a million. Oh my god! Also, I'm going to go back a little bit. Since you've been doing a lot of second unit directing, mm-hmm. and now you're making the leap to full on director, hopefully yeah. soon. Um, what's the what what is a second unit director like? What are you what are your job What does your job entail? Well, usually it's just helping the director out, getting his shots of like the action. Usually it's stunts or nonverbal stuff, but some of the times, you know, directors aren't able to do all the shots they want, so they actually give us more. So we're actually directing actors and stuff like that. So it's basically sometimes it's just clean up, helping the director. Got it. To, to direct I really want, scene. like, the audience to, like, know. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you hear a second-year director, and you're like, what? What the hell is But you're yeah. also a second set of eyes. Yeah. You probably spot, like, hey, that could be dangerous. I know you got a million things to think about. So. Absolutely. And that's what we do as stunt coordinators and second-year directors. Like, we're really just trying to help them achieve their, their – because as a second-year director, I mean, there are some guys that want to make their movie their movie. And I'm like, of course. I'm not making your movie. Like, I work for uh, Max on Palm Springs with the, uh, the movie for Hulu, and – I go, just tell me what you want when I was directing Second Unit. I go, tell me, I'll help you achieve the, the scenes you want because this is your movie, not my movie. So we just assist them and give them the shots. And sometimes they don't have enough time. We have a smaller crew. We can work a lot faster. And we have the team that we work with. Like if we're working with like a car scene and the stunt drivers and the DPs and the camera cars and stuff like that, we do that all the time anyways. Right. So it's just like we could knock it out for them. I think it's going to serve you well. I'm excited for your first movie that you direct to Me come too. out because I want to. Because you're going to have all this background knowledge. Well, yeah. speaking of that, um, what are you? What's coming up for you outside of serving other people's movies, stories, visions? What do What do you got coming up on the horizon now that COVID's kind of starting to lift and oh, we're God. getting back to to kind of regular life? Uh, what are you excited about? What's coming up? I'm excited about. Um, we have a project, a TV project that we're pitching to studios right now. Um, that we have an actor attached. Um, and uh, I have two movies that I'm attached to direct, and but we're just going through the development page of the script. So we have a script, and then we, of course, you gotta file it down and get it better. So I'm all about stories. So and, if the story is right. Money. And you need money. You need you need the studio to back you. And then yeah. you need the actors. Yeah. So you it's, need you somewhere know, to sell it. You absolutely. Need, yeah. You need a lot of things to it's make a, a movie. It's an uphill work. battle, but you know I have some good teammates uh, for these films that I'm attached to direct, and they're bigger budget. So, um, and they believe in me. So it's, it's pretty exciting to work with people that actually see your skill set and want to work with you. And, um, well, lucky I have, you know, from being a chiropractor and doing stunts, I have a lot of great relationships with actors. So, um, once they see it's me, they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. TJ. (laughs) Right. 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 And since T minus productions have been around for a while, are you more, is it just like a referral based kind of thing? Like you just, people just know you and they know you do good work. So 
it, that's how you get hired? It's all referral. Yeah. I, um, I built a name, a brand um, around me and T-Minus Productions and my team. And that's how I get hired. I, I don't have an agent, don't have a manager, um, don't have a publicist. It's just me and my wife, yeah. uh, Lauren. And uh, Who's amazing, by the way. Man. Yeah, Lauren. Yeah. But hey, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Lauren is my teammate, and she just, you know, we, you know, constantly were in the in the room hustling, talking to people, developing scripts, um, and just trying to get the next level. Because, you know, so, someone told me, they're like, well, you know, when are you going to give up in the film industry? I'm like, why would I give up? Like, they're like, well, you're not at that point. And this is like five, 10 years ago. And I'm like, I'll never give up. You know, it's the process. And if I would have given up, I wouldn't be where I am today. Right. So it's like, I think you just have to be tenacious to do, you know, what you're going to do, whatever it is. If you're an electrician, if you're a plumber yeah. or whatever. Are so. there jobs that you've turned down? Yeah. Yeah. Because of, because they're dangerous or because no, um, there's a couple I probably should have <laughs> turned down. Oh yeah, but there's um, there's artists I won't work with. Um, I think they're too unprofessional and they're dangerous on set and they don't mm -hmm. listen to you. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's like you know, there's one I probably should turn down. Well, after I did it, it was it was an awesome experience. Um, I did the uh, uh, the Will Smith uh, bungee jump over the Grand Canyon mm -hmm. uh, for his 50th birthday party. And after I did, I talked to my stunt guy friends and they're like i can't believe you did that and i'm like why i go i loved it and they're like going if you killed will smith man your career <laughs> would be over and i'm like oh shit i, I didn't really think of that like because i'm such a safe guy and I've, I've worked with that caliber uh performers before so i don't really right. think of that but you know if i'd have fucked that up uh, i'd have been done with this business but you know will was great to work with his family's great to work with i've worked with his, his wife on music videos i worked with his son on music videos and commercials I, they're a great family but you know after thinking about that i'm like maybe i should have not done did, he, job. did he live he lived i mean so you did okay i did okay and by, the way, by the way if he yes. did pass away you would have been a footnote i know like it would have been like <laughs> tj white yeah. that jackass yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, he lived, you did it. You can't have the reward without the risk, man. Exactly. That's just how it goes sometimes. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, as we wrap this up, um, we kind of have been implying or um, implementing a question of all of our guests, which loosely sounds like this. If you hadn't gone into stunts, what would you be doing? Would you still be just doing chiropractic work? Um, or or yeah. would you see yourself branching into another direction? Uh, it's theoretical, but mm -hmm. I'm just curious, like what, what drives you, what fuels you outside of filmmaking? What, what are your interests? What do you think you'd be? I mean, your other chiropractic buddy already retired. I mean, you could be retired. I right could now be retired in, in North Carolina. <laughs> dummy me, dummy me. What are you doing? I, uh, you know what? I don't really have a lot of hobbies. I'm not like watching sports and stuff like that. I'm not really doing it. My hobby is work. So if I don't have work, I don't know what I do. Even mm -hmm. when I was a chiropractor, I think if I wasn't in the film industry, I would just be a chiropractor owning multiple practices and right. managing them. Um, so more of a business-minded. Business-minded, yeah. you know, thing. But, you know, the problem but is... still is helping, serving people. Serving people. Yeah. Because yeah. I, that's what the film industry is, too. You're serving people. You're entertaining people. You're enjoying the experience. But, you know, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I probably will never retire. I know that. I, yeah. I can't sit at home. Like, what am I going to do, golf all day? Same, same. Yeah, it's like... I, I don't do well if I have nothing going on. I mean, I'm a, I grew up in a small Amish town in Middlefield, Ohio. Like, I'm a country kid. Like, what the fuck? I'm living in L.A. I have great friends. I do some really spectacular stuff. I get to work with amazing talent, and I'm enjoying it. So, That's Oof. amazing, dude. 
All right, I we got to work on something, I hope, someday. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, before I'm he so came so in, I'm like, there's got to be something we can do. I mean, yep. can you make this set blow up, and then we'll rebuild it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, can you have me crash oh, through scene. that brick wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By absolutely. the way, if Sam, your intro, your new intro. Yeah, if Sam Raimi is watching this, there, you need to put him some credit for a second unit director. Yeah, absolutely, on, on Sam. Darkman 1990. Oh, that's Redo amazing. it. Oh, maybe they need to redo Darkman. With you as a director. Oh, that'd be awesome. Let's I mean, do it. let's get that going. That'd be spectacular. Just, yeah. We just can we be two guys in the background that die like henchmen? You can't make, there's uh, Darkman's got tons of henchmen. Yeah. Like, you can punch me in the face. You can <laughs> shoot me, drop me from the roof, whatever you need. Hey, how about hang from the helicopter? We'll there do that go. again. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Done. Absolutely. As long I'm as I'm gonna ask Will Smith how the experience was first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then yeah, yeah. We'll, I'll get back to you, <laughs> and we'll get right back yeah. to you. Um, well, is there anything else you wanted? Uh, like, can we plug anything for you? Uh, this is your moment. Tell us uh, anything um, you want to wrap up with or tell the audience. If or? I'm going to plug anything, I'm going to plug our new tech company. Please. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go, yeah. go, go, go. So, like I said. So, again, what else are you working on? What else I'm working yeah. on? I'm launching a tech company. We're going to launch in 10 weeks. It's called Jocko.com, uh, J-O-C-K-O-H.com. And it's a platform for people to upload their t- content, whether they're a podcast or a life coach or a um, – uh, Pilates instructor, and they could sell their content on there. Um, and it's like uh, YouTube meets um, uh, Mastermind. So we're we're launching it. I have some really exciting people that are going to be on it that I'm friends with, um, yeah. putting their content that, you know, I think they're going to sell their content all over the world. And I'm really excited because it's stuff that, you know, us being in LA, we have experience with these celebrity trainers or right. celebrity. Right. But now if you're living in Idaho or Ohio, you're going to be able to have that experience. So I'm excited to be able to give that to the world or if you're in Germany. So it's was this concept something that was created during COVID during quarantine? Like did yeah. it come out of, of being home all the time and like having the pivot? Well, what, what the pivot was, I was, I was praying. I'm like, something else has to come to me creatively. And I was not getting any creative juices besides like we were developing scripts at that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what else are we going to do? So I came out in the living room and my wife was working out with this celebrity trainer and he was on uh, Instagram live. And I said, I, I saw her working out with the guy and I see him and his pregnant wife there. And I'm like, well, how's he get paid for that? She goes, well, you could donate uh, money to him. And I'm like, well, he's got to support his wife. He's got to like, right. what's that doing? So I started looking at all, all these platforms that allowed trainers to put stuff on online and have subscribers. And I didn't like any of them. And I thought they weren't pro the, con- uh, uh, the content uh, producer. So I was like, man, there's got to be something else that could do it. So then I started looking at everything, even if they're like fans, uh, what is it, OnlyFans and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like. Are you going to launch an OnlyFans <laughs> no, stunt thing? No. Like you're so, in a Speedo, a speedo but, you, be like, you hey! crash, but you crash through a wall <laughs> while you're on fire, something like that? Two ninety nine. There's got to be a market <laughs> out there for that. So I saw that, and I was like, you know, they're doing that for adult uh the adult, adult industry, but what about everyone else in the world? Right. So I started doing it and then I saw these platforms and then we started talking to platforms. I'm like, well, what if we do a customization? So I spent the last year customizing with a bunch of programs from all over the world um, to build this platform. And it's interesting because what we're trying to do is, and what we do is like in the film industry, we have a talent manager. Mm-hmm. Well, on Jocko, we actually have a uh, client manager. So I have client managers all over the United States and they actually work with you and uh, talk to you about your social media and how to drive traffic from your social media to your Jocko page or your Jocko channel. So we're doing a lot of that and just training people. That's what we're doing now is like building people's brands. Is it a channel or is it like a subscription base? Is it an app? Is it going to be on it's, all those platforms? It's on It's on a website right now. Okay. Uh, we'll probably do an app later. 
but we're just going to uh, fall out slow at first too. But it's going to be on a page and you, each, each person has a page on it. And on your page, you could have subscriptions to whatever your content is. Mm-hmm. You could have your blogs on there mm-hmm. and you can actually sell specific products that we have uh, relationships with dropship oh, companies. So cool. it's basically your own business. We're basically trying to build your, your own business in one place. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of them, you have to use a bunch of different uh, sites to actually yeah. put them, tie them together. Very cool, man. I'm glad you're like us. You didn't sit around during quarantine. No, you can't. I mean, I love this. This is what you guys did during quarantine. This is it. This is great. Yeah. It, it, this, uh, this is what we did with our time. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> we built it, and then Andrew's like, you think people are going to show up? And I'm like, I have no idea. I have we'll, no idea. We'll find there's, out. There's three people who will watch us. Uh, me, no. my mom, and uh, your mom, I yeah. think, too, right? Yeah. 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 And well, I'll push it through social media, too. So. Well, Thanks, we buddy. appreciate that. Yeah. Now we'll be yes. up to four people. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Um, TJ, thank you for coming on the oh, show today. Uh, we yeah. really pre- appreciate the insight conversation. Um, for everyone who watches us on YouTube, we appreciate you as well. Also, like um, and subscribe, please. Please like and subscribe. That makes us very happy, and it allows us to keep doing what we're doing. Um, if you're listening to us on a Google Play, yep. iTunes, iTunes, Spotify, Spotify thank you also. Um, I think that's it for today. Yeah, you got anything man. you want to add there, Tony? No, I'm just, listen, we're getting really good people. TJ's one of the best guys around. So oh, thanks. hopefully we can work together on our projects soon. Absolutely. You know, let's get things going. Let's do let's it. Let's do it. All right. All right, everybody. Well, uh, that's it for this week, and we will see you next week. Have a good weekend.